listening to A One Pint Stand, a Minnesota craft beer podcast that tells the stories of craft beer in Minnesota and beyond. So kick back and grab a cold one. The show starts now. Hello, my name is Dan Bobian and I write, produce, and host A One Pint Stand. I'm ecstatic that you're listening. This podcast has been a passion project of mine since 2016, so um, it's really important to me, and I really enjoy doing it. This is the first of what will be many episodes in 2023. This episode features Paige Latham Dodora of Alcohol by Volume. Uh, Paige has been writing that blog for 10 years. She focuses on many different facets of the Minnesota craft beer scene and beyond, and um, Paige is a brilliant writer, a passionate craft beer drinker. Uh, she has a discerning palate and is a wonderful friend. I'm elated that we were able to sit down at um, Town Hall Brewery in Minneapolis on Sunday, January 8th for a really delightful beer conversation. In fact, the conversation was so robust that it actually had to be split into two parts. So, this is part one where we talk about some of the big changes to the Minnesota craft beer landscape that came in the form of legislation passed at the Capitol. So we highlight the law that allows breweries and uh, tap rooms to sell uh, six packs, four packs, and different size vessels out of their tap room. And then we also talked about the um, impact and kind of uh, advent of being able to sell beverages with THC in them. So that's a big a big deal for the state, and we talked a lot about it. Um, we also talked about dry January and what it means for people in and around the beer industry and beer in general. I absolutely adore sitting down with Paige to talk about beer because she has such wonderful convictions and insights when it comes to the beverage and the industry. So let's go out to Town Hall Brewery in Minneapolis and get this show started. Cheers. Where are we? We're at we're at Minnesota, one of my favorite Minneapolis locations, mm-hmm. uh, and it's one of their several locations, the Town Hall Brewery, Minneapolis at Seven Corners. Cheers. They also yes, cheers definitely. And uh, we're here on Sunday because they, they have a new special yeah, that I just learned about. They recently rolled out a beer and a bump. Yes, and if you don't know what the bump is, it's liquor. Liquor. Um, Town Hall's a brew pub, for those of you joining us outside of the state of Minnesota. Not a lot of breweries in Minnesota can serve products, alcoholic products that they don't make. Uh, but having Town Hall being a brew pub and having food and being able to serve guest beers and liquor gives them an opportunity to be a little bit more creative. Yeah, which I love. And I love coming here any day, any day of the week. Uh, but Sunday is nice. It's very quiet, very peaceful. Uh, apparently there's somebody at the bar telling dad jokes. Oh. Um, he told you uh, he a did. joke on the on the way in. Yeah, I wish it. I knew his name so I could credit him, but he's about I don't know, twenty yards away. It looks like a like a Jim. We'll call him <laughs> okay. Jim Jim the jokester. Jim at the bar saw that I was waiting for a host to be seated, and said, "Do you want to hear a joke?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Do you know about, Do you know about the Norwegian Navy?" And I said, "No." And he said, "The Norwegian Navy." added barcodes to their ships so that when they came home, you could scan the Navy in. (laughs) And I laughed and I laughed. And then Dan must have heard me laugh because then he showed me where his table was. Yes, that's right. I jumped out and might have pulled a muscle. All right. So, yeah. So a one pint stand. It's It's a Minnesota craft beer podcast talking about a lot of different things, whatever. I mean, it centers around beer, but today's discussion is going to kind of delve in. Obviously, it's January 8th. Happy birthday to my wife, who is <laughs> at home, maybe taking a nap. Um, but today I thought we could kind of recap 2020, yes. 2022, and then maybe talk about 2023 and the year that we hope will be um, better than the last one. So let's, let's start off just with a, just with a question mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, when, when the, the year changes... When you think about beer, 
Do you do like beer related New Year's resolutions on your, uh, you know, for you, like things that you like to do? Not exactly, but I do look forward to the seasonality of beer. So I think drinking different beers at different times of the year has always been important to me. I have a few beer traditions that happen at certain times of the year. Um, and I know one of those for some people is, is dry January, which I think we'll talk about. But yes. for me, it's more like beers that were historically brewed at certain parts of the, t- parts of the year. Like I really find Lenten beer fascinating. I think mm. Oktoberfest obviously is very interesting and it's fun to, to get into Oktoberfest because so many people, even people who aren't as nerdy as us, know a lot about Oktoberfest. So I think about, I think about the beer calendar a little bit more. I think about what kinds of beers are made in the winter. Like I always look forward every year to what Shell's snowstorm is going to be. And I just oh, had my yeah. first one on Friday. Um, so those, those things that, you know, you look for every, every season, more, more so than, um, just necessarily a new year. If I, if my memory serves me correct, this year's snowstorm was a Czech dark lager. Yes. It's like a strong dark lager. Okay. It's a little bit higher in alcohol, almost like, I don't know, has some elements of a Bach for sure, but isn't quite as rich. Um, it's very, very good. I really liked it. Probably right. not unlike the beer you're drinking, actually, in some ways. Yeah. So uh, we're, again, we're recording at Minneapolis Town Hall, and I am drinking the Stark Porter, which yeah. the person who was waiting on us said it was kind of like a Stark beer, kind of a combination of their regular porter, just with a little bit of more of a German Gem- flair. Yeah. yeah. Um, to me, it kind of tastes like... Uh, um, Baltic Porter Light. Yeah, a little I agree. Bit. Um, but it's very good. Um, Lighter in body, but still really flavorful. Yeah, 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 a lot of flavor, a lot of a lot of nice roastiness. I thought I was getting maybe like a little hint of black licorice, oh. but I'm gonna get that next. Uh, it could so have good. been, you know, I got hit in the head with an ice dam earlier, so no. <laughs> uh, my my synapses are not firing as they should. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, I think I like to do. I like to do some some New Year's resolutions. Beer, I call yeah. them brew year's resolutions. Of course I, you do. I'm an English teacher and I love wordplay. Um, but I was thinking about, you know, one of the things that I want to do more of in 2023 is get out and explore more breweries. Totally. Um, and yep. I think that's still kind of a little bit of an aftershock or hangover from the pandemic. Yeah. When it was really going out to breweries was a real chore yeah. and not as fun. Um, and I felt that's one of the things we'll talk about as we kind of go back and dissect 2022 is I felt that in, a, in many ways, 2022 was uh, very much more uh, return to normality when yeah. it came to going to tap rooms. And that was a real positive for me. Um, but that's one of the things I think I want to do more this year is mm-hmm. try to get out and visit more tap rooms. Um, like out state? Like places you haven't been? There's, there's or? any and all, all okay. of the above. There's, there's ones, um, you know, yesterday... I went to Northbound yeah. Smokehouse. Yeah, yeah I saw doing, you there. Yes, we were. We <laughs> conversed. Um, and that's one of the things that I told Andy. I'm like, the beers here are really good. Mm-hmm. And I used to come here all the time. Yeah. But it's like now there's there's so many more choices. Do you I've, know why they got into making lagers? I do not. Um, so aside from the Doppelbach and the Icebach, which they've done for a long time, they were not making, they were not brewing lagers really on a regular basis at all until the beginning of COVID because suddenly they had different brewing schedule. They had more, they had tanks available for longer periods of time. And so they decided to get into lagers a little bit more. Um, Kind of interesting. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, it makes sense because I know that like, that is a that is a hyper local neighborhood spot. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the people at first, I remember they did that when they opened. They did a thing where if you bought in, you yeah. could get like a growler, like one free growler for per week, and then like maybe. I, I know that when they first opened, they did for a thousand bucks, you would always get your first beer free because I have right. a friend who did that. I they might have also had to go beer deals. I'm sure they did, but it was certainly get your first beer in the. You know, when you're sitting down at the yep. bar, get your first beer free. Yeah. Yep. And I think so that, that really helped forge a 
really strong local following. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really impressed yesterday. Obviously, I had the ice box that they were poking out on the patio, and then I had uh, Czech dark lager, which was also very good. I'm like, I wanna, I need to come back here more. I don't yeah. know why it it kind of fell out of the rotation. Well, I have a theory that it has to do with my hatred of Hiawatha, that 55, oh where gosh. you can never, I don't think it's it's legal to make two green lights in a row on that place. <laughs> and I, folks, I have not, I do not do well with traffic. That's true, that's true. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a challenge. I come from the, the better side of Hiawatha, so I don't have to cross it to get okay. there, which yeah. is why it's a frequent frequent spot for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And now they the, have no, a big regular crowd. Yeah, like. yeah. Well, it's just nice, and I always like talking to Andy. He's yeah. a very knowledgeable individual and, and fun to mm-hmm. converse with. So that's I'd say my biggest brew, brew year's resolution is just getting out to more more places, mm-hmm. revisiting ones I haven't been, and then exploring ones like I really want to go to. Um, I've heard some good things about a uh, sunken ship that opened in 2022 in Princeton. I've heard some nice things yeah. about there. I work in Hopkins. I've no, I haven't been to Bear Cave yet, so we'll I get into some either. of those new breweries that opened in the last yeah. year. Um, so let's let's and I guess that's a good segue into kind of cover. We'll kind of, we're going to recap 2022 again. This is the first episode of a one pint stand for 2023. Uh, we're going to be doing more episodes this year than last year. Um, and I'm with Paige from Alcohol by Volume, uh, a good a friend I've known. How long have we known each other? You know, I was just telling someone at your holiday party that I cannot remember how we met. I can't remember how we met. And then maybe that's a good thing. I don't remember when we first met. Yeah. I think it was definitely... It was definitely through beer. Yeah, it was for sure through beer. But I know how? that I followed your blog, and then probably it must have been... At something, maybe it was yeah. one of the very first like insight, like gravity oh, well, things, like maybe? a media press thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure something Could've like been. that. Um, and then just a lot of like our, our some of our yeah. social circles are similar. That's and true. So it's nice to nice to call you a friend, though. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about 2022. So let's let's start with maybe uh, some of the noteworthy things that happened in Minnesota yeah. in the last year. It was kind of a big year. That kind of affected craft beer. Um, as I was racking my brain, I the first things that popped up were both having to do with legislation. One yes. was the passing of the law that allowed breweries to sell six packs, four packs, different things out of their front door yes. as opposed to um, only to being able to do like crowlers and growlers, right? In all, two very specific sizes, right? Yeah, because the growler, the crowlers are twenty-five ounce right. cans, and the growlers are sixty-four ounce bottles. Side side quest: Do you think that the fact that our crowlers are a different size meant that we didn't have such of a supply and demand issue? Like, I for example, I heard that other states had a hard time keeping up with demand for 32-ounce crawlers. Yeah. Because that's what a lot of states sell. Right. Whereas I don't think that was as much of an issue in Minnesota. Did you hear anything about that? You know, all I heard is I thought, like, aluminum was scarce. That's true. Just that's true. no matter what size it was. And, and I guess my, my thinking was, like, I was kind of afraid that, like, if every other state in the union is using 32-ounce right. crawlers, like, well, let's why are we doing these 25-ounce I thought the ones? same. So... I was happy that yeah. they didn't get rid of that because I really like crowlers way better than growlers. Oh, yeah. The freshness. Um, there's a lot of breweries that the quality of the beer in a crowler is on par with the, 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 the quality of the cans. Like, specifically, I'm talking about, like, Lupulin. Yes. They put CO2 oh, yeah. in the crowlers, they, they say, and I, I know it to be true. Oh, yeah, they purge that them. That can yep. lasts. For, they test it for several months. They test it. Yep. They test um, the DO. They te- yeah. It's a really important consumer. The average consumer, I don't think, realizes that a lot of times when you go to a brewery, I'm talking about nationwide, they just if they're filling crawlers to order, they're usually just filling off a tap line, right? Capping it and sealing it, and you should be drinking it pretty quickly. Yeah. And that's yeah. fine, but it's not the same shelf life as what I feel like. A lot of breweries strive to, at least here in the Twin Cities, yeah. to create a shelf. You should still keep it refrigerated. I'm not giving you permission to leave it in a hot car, but it should have a longevity that um, you could rely on a little bit more. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think 
a lot of people are like, oh, it's a can. It'll be good for whenever. And they yes. crack it open. It's like, oh, this doesn't taste. This beer was bad. It's like, well, you probably should have had it like right. two months ago right. when you bought it. Um, so that but was, I interrupted you. No, that that's fine. Do you, that, that's what that's what this show is all about. <laughs> interrupting. Because, well, then I'll be really good yeah, at it. Yeah. I'm a big interrupter. Um, so. I was pretty excited when that law passed. I was a little frustrated that that law took so long. Oh, yeah. Because I believe we were one of the last states in the country outside of, like, maybe one of those ones in the South where they have a lot of, like, crazy, like, right. conservative laws right. that where you couldn't sell beer out of your tap room. Yes. And the biggest argument against it was, like, if... People are buying their beer in tap rooms. They're not going to go to the liquor stores, which I thought was such a horrible argument. Yeah, I just see those as two really different things. So I was happy that it passed, and it seems like it's going well. Um, In talking to some people, I know that a lot of people are selling a lot more. They're putting a lot more offerings into cans now. That is a good point, that um, there are more options available. And so yeah. I think that's good for the consumer and the brewery because then they can go through more product. Um, I was talking to Cable over at Lakes and Legends, and he's like, they're, they moving, they're moving cans a lot. Now, Interesting. one of the stipulations about selling beer out of the tap room is it has to be like a skew that would be is available to distributors. To distributors, okay. That's right. So you know, and and maybe that, I guess, from the consumer standpoint, that's good because, um, you know, it you you know you're getting it fresh. Yes. Because it's like being rotated through more, um, and so I think it's good. I think it's you know being able to like. If you if you go to a go to a brewery and you really like a beer, you're like, oh, I want to take some home. Or we just did our online Secret Santa yes, thing with our we did. beer blogger friends yeah. from across the country. That was great. And you know, if you try something, you're like, oh, I want to get a four pack so I can send one to a friend. We do that all the time. You break you know? it up into four packages. That's perfect. Yeah. Don't tell um, our local delivery services. <laughs> I just incriminated myself. Don't uh, and don't try to send beer to Canada. That's a whole other. I podcast. know. I was telling Rick about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that's cool. I think, again, my frustration with it, why didn't it happen sooner? I think yes. that would have helped places a lot during COVID who were really frustrated with, like, the all of a sudden, you know, when you couldn't have your tap room open mm-hmm. or places that chose not to. And what do you do with all that beer? Totally. So um, I, think it's, I think it's good. It's definitely keeping up with the times. Um, and I haven't heard, I haven't heard any... But he say it's been a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the people who thought, it, it, from what I gathered, the, the people who were the most worried or concerned about a law like that getting passed were liquor stores and distributors. And I haven't heard anything negative as far as performance on their end. My liquor stores that I go to seem, you know, just as full of beer and busy as they've been. And I know that 2020 and 2021 were pretty record-breaking for liquor yeah. stores because people were wanting to do kind of a one shop and get everything and take it home and be safe. And so I haven't heard of the pendulum swinging back, but it has in some industries. So maybe we'll see that this year. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Cause it was, it, it, it didn't it hit pretty much right away in the year, like, Oh, like you in mean January, last year? Like, uh, in 2021, I think that's when the announcement was made that it was yeah. getting close. Did it start in like March though? Didn't it? They announced yeah. it in January, and I then think it, they announced it, and then they then there was that weird period of time where they were like, "Okay, how is this going to work?" And I think some of the issues with the law was like they they didn't have the resources for the level of oversight that they wanted. This sounds some, familiar. <laughs> some some breweries were like, "Yeah, we're going to just start selling it." Yeah, and kind and of I like think some cities. Overlooked. Some cities were fine with it, right? I mean, I remember that there were certain areas in the state where they were a little bit, um, businesses were reluctant to jump on it and say, okay, we're going to do this. And I don't, I, my impression was that it was due to a local legislature. Right. Yeah. And I think like St. Paul breweries were like a little bit more hesitant because yeah. St. Paul, for whatever reason, is always a little weird you with their say. regulations. Um, you know, <laughs> those weirdos on the east side of the right. river. I don't know. Um, but then I know that, like, 
some breweries were just like, yeah, we're selling our stuff now. And it's yes. kind of like if we get our hands slapped. It felt, know, it felt to oh, me well. like a little bit of an aftershock of Sunday sales. Yeah. And it also felt similar as the THC legislation, yeah. where suddenly things were happening and no one knew how to handle them. Right. Hey, thank you for listening. Hopefully you're enjoying a one pint stand. My goal with this podcast is the simple and humble aim of making craft beer accessible to everyone through story and conversation. Enjoying craft beer is a passion of mine, and I love chatting about it with other people. A One Pint Stand is also a platform to help breweries tell their stories. I love getting out to visit breweries, both in Minnesota and beyond, and meet other interesting beer people. If you are also into those things, you probably want to keep tabs on a One Pint Stand. So, go ahead and follow One Pint Stand on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would also appreciate any and all positive reviews on iTunes to help make it easier for other like-minded craft beer geeks to find us. Lastly, if you like reading about craft beer, I recently started my own beer blog, and all my writing can be found at aonepintstand.com. After writing for eight years as editor-in-chief at Beer Pluma, it was time for me to start my own thing. So, Make sure you check out the blog for some interesting craft beer content of the written variety. I truly appreciate you listening and taking the time to enjoy our stories. Now back to the show. Great segue, because that's the second thing that I thought was like pretty major in 2022 was the THC, the legalization of THC. Specifically in beverage and edible form. Yep, yep. And so... I know that, like, right away, I think there were a couple cities or municipalities that were like, okay, wait, we're going we're gonna to hold on and mm-hmm. see what we need to do. And some places were like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I feel like in talking to several breweries that have embraced it, that it is going crazy. It's going crazy. And there I have learned that there is demand from other businesses to breweries that are already making these products to start making them for other companies and even to send them outside of the state, which I didn't fully grasp. I'm, I, I'm just not a big user of THC. I, I have plenty of friends who are. I've, I'm, fully, I'm fully supportive of legalization. It's just not front of mind for me. But I spoke to um, Ben Jordan, who is one of the owners of ABV Technology okay. uh, back in November, and he kind of opened my eyes as to how groundbreaking the, the change in the law really was. Because to me, I was thinking, okay, this is legal. Breweries can now make beverages with cannabis in them and edibles as well, which some are doing. Um, great. That's great. And then when he started talking about the fact that Minnesota is poised to be exporting those products to other states and to even other big national brands, that's a big revenue source. It's yeah. a big deal. And it's a big deal for them as a business, but it's also a big deal for breweries and places that are going to farm those products out to other businesses. Yeah. I was at, I was, I was at one brewery and they were like, yeah, we just put in an, an order. We're canning 80,000 cans of a For THC. another company? No, for their own. That oh. was like, they're like, we're getting in because there's really... No drawbacks. No downside. Financially. And or there's been some little hiccups. I know, like, for example, I go to Venn a lot, mm-hmm. and they sell a to-go product that has THC, but they, f- for a while, and maybe even still, they're only taking cash for it because their POS system will not allow for selling THC, which is, like... There's a lot of questions there. Yeah. And there's other places that are allowing you to drink them in-house. Like, you can go to Modest, and you can drink their THC beverage. They have two different dosages. They have a 3-milligram right. and a 5-milligram, or they did when I was there in November. And you can drink it at the bar. So the, the interpretation of the law and what it means for your insurance, your POS, even just how you want to run your business, it's kind of an untapped situation. Well, maybe this is a dumb question. Maybe you know, maybe you don't. But I know that in Colorado, when they started opening up dispensaries, right. it's all cash. Oh, really? So, Still? like, well, at least when it started. And oh. that's that was, like, 
that was the main issue. You're 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 a business. And you've got you know six figures. That's a good point. That's a really good around. point. That's a little dangerous. It is. And then I don't know. I haven't tried any of the THC seltzers yet yeah. or beverages. Um, I just did a, a half a gummy uh, last oh summer, boy. and whew, folks. The album is coming out in <laughs> shortly. No, it just it w- it's not it's not really my thing. It's not my thing um, either. I don't know. I, I, I just I get kind of tired and hungry. Yeah, to I be get a little tired, yeah. sleepy, mellow. I, I felt like I was like sitting on a beach, you know, yeah, warm, which, which is great. But yeah. like, if I'm out and about in a tap room, yeah, I want to have a little bit more energy. So, I would imagine. I don't know. Like, I I don't have any personal experience with really going, mm-hmm. you know, having more than a little teeny weeny little bit um, and how that would affect you. But I, I would imagine there's like some some health risks. Yeah. Maybe with yeah. Having I've too mean, much. I mean, if you can just like pound fi- and I from what I've heard, five milligrams is not is, a lot. And that's it's kind like, of what is considered from what I'm hearing. Five milligrams is considered like a serving or like a dose. So people who are making beverages that have more than that amount, you're supposed to be, okay, this is not, this is probably, this is very paraphrased, but you're supposed to have a indication, I think, on the label or on the can saying like how many servings it is, because I know that people, some breweries are sending out their beverages to be tested, like dose tested. Oh, yeah. And then you can kind of round up. So like, for example, a lot of people are doing five milligrams in their beverages. And if it's like just at the high end of four, you put five milligrams on it because you don't want the dosage to be more than what's declared. Right. But I recently heard that some breweries are going to be doing like a more concentrated version. I know Wooden Ship is one. Okay. Where they're going to be doing a more concentrated beverage, so it's less volume for the same like dose, so to speak. Okay. If that makes sense. So I think consumers have to be kind of. I don't, I don't know, maybe careful is kind of a prudish word to say, but they at least have to be aware that there's different, different dosages in beverages. And if someone hands you a can of something that has THC in it, hey, go for it. But you might want to know, you, half a gummy guy, right. might want to know how much you're about to That's consume. Right. If you see me coming in with a ukulele, don't give me the heavy stuff. Uh, well, yeah. But I I'm mean, all for, I mean, I think it's great. I'm all for it. I, but in order for it to be effective for everyone i would like to see more education around what is in the product mm-hmm. and i don't i don't mean that from like a legislative standpoint i mean more to educate consumers about hey try this you might enjoy this or this is going to be different because it's less or it's more concentrated or those are just things that we all need to be aware of just yeah. like with alcohol it should be like a funyun scale like how many bags of funyuns will you need after you inge- ingesting one serving right um, and everyone is everyone using I have a lot of questions. Is everyone using the same product? Like the same distillate, the same well, right, concentrated product? Yeah. yeah. So are we gonna start educating consumers just like they do at dispensaries about what it is that you're consuming? Maybe one makes us tired right. and makes you want to learn the ukulele mm-hmm. and makes someone else, you know, feel totally different. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good because right now I, I've I and maybe that's what is kind of keeping me from like, you know, jumping in the pools. Like I don't know how it's going to affect me. Versus like, well, so we're at town hall. Okay, yeah. they in a, in a month, give or take about four weeks. Right. Uh, they're going to be doing their barrel age. My week. favorite. I know exactly how a ten ounce pour of their barrel aged right. ET we is right. going to affect me. Right. I don't know how. And you much. know how much cheese you're going to have to eat to counter. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so this is a this is a half a wheel of Parmigiano Reggiano. Um, so it's just yeah, I don't have that that reference point. Yeah. And and a lot of people do, but it 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 is exciting. I know there was a time I was at Dangerous Man, sitting at the bar, mm-hmm. and a former student came up to me who oh is boy. now working uh, for a company that manufactures these THC products. Oh, really? And so they were working with Dangerous Man, and Dangerous yeah. Man had done a, done a couple of They've uh, started, yeah, they have a, they've had a few. Yep. And he had brought in some samples of THC pretzels, and so, oh. like, to your point earlier, of, like, more different things coming out. Yeah. I think it's going to be very interesting right. to see how the, the breadth of options that right. people have, not just for, like, seltzers or beverages, but little right. snacks and whatnot... What if, I mean, this will really 
put a a, a a kink in the matrix, but like, what if they have THC Funyuns? Oh my gosh! I mean, that'll that that's gonna blow the doors off this city. You got the munchies, <laughs> you and you're gonna mun- keep having the munchies right. it's, as it's long the, as you eat these. It's onions. the snake eating its own tail. That, wherever <laughs> that exactly came from, right. that's the. But metaphor. do you do you want to tell people outside of Minnesota or who may not know how this came to be? Okay, so because like what I we're in a situation where we're either gonna backpedal or it's full steam ahead, right? Well, yeah, and and so but when this passed, there was a divided. Senate and House yeah. in the state of Minnesota. I believe that the Senate don't ask me was Republican and the House was Democrat or vice versa. Someone's screaming at their phone right now. Yeah, exactly. Maybe on Instagram, send me a, uh, if you can tilt your head for <laughs> if you haven't already uh, <laughs> popped the Tylenol. Um, yeah, it's basically the. There was a, a drastic misinterpretation of the law from the Republican side. And, and just they, a lack of proofreading. Yeah, and they didn't really read it, so they're like, they passed it. They accidentally passed it. The, legalizing this type of thing is not a conservative platform. That's not a talking point that they have. So it was really kind of <laughs> funny that now, you know, you can't... A phrase somebody I used to work with used to use was like, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. What? Um, That's a great phrase. In reference to like when kids did something, like sometimes you can't take back a behavior. Yeah. So you just need to... Um, or like you can't stuff those crescent rolls back in the tube once they explode <laughs> like an atomic bomb. But if you could, I would vote for you for president. <laughs> if you had That's that ability. That's what we're in now. Crescent yeah. rolls are out. Toothpaste crescent rolls... Out. Nope, no more exploding crescent rolls. Yeah. Um, so that's how it came to be, and it's like created this like <laughs> kind of a wild west situation Certainly. with all these products, and I think they're definitely playing catch up to, as to how to regulate it. Um, but you know, and now in the state of Minnesota, they're kind of go full steam ahead with mm-hmm. legalizing because as as people like to say, they think Minnesota is a very progressive state. Well, especially when we're compared to our neighbors. Well, right, yeah. But really, I mean, we're, we're, our neighbors have legalized that is marijuana. True. You know, that is several, true. I think Wisconsin, Illinois. South Dakota. South Dakota. Um, you know, and we haven't done that yet. So I think that's going to be the next thing to fall. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, that, was a, that was a really big development. And I've, I've watched, I know, Modest. Dangerous man. Yes. Um, I think Fair inbound state. is into it. Fair state, indeed. Wooden ship. Wooden ship. I mean, there's a what, ton. I'm wondering, of are there outstate breweries that are doing it? If you, if people want to comment, I would be curious to know if there's Duluth area breweries, Rochester area breweries. I'm pretty sure isn't. Doesn't Bent Paddle do? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a, a great question. question, and it's not because I don't follow them or care. I just THC is exciting to me, but not. It's not just not a product I'm going to buy. Yeah, I know the most Lupulin part. is doing it. Are they? Um, do they have a name for what they, they are called? Yeah, they do, and it's escaping me right now. It's kind of, I mean, there's several of the people on their staff uh, know a lot about that stuff, and so uh, they, they always create some really crazy names. Um, but, yeah. yeah, it was, I can't, ah, shoot. This is going to bug me now. I'm going to think well, of it at four it. in the morning, and I'll text you. You're sitting so, like, in front of a computer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, let me just, uh, <laughs> um so the THC thing is is pretty interesting, but so between that and the um, ability to sell beer out of the mm-hmm. out of tap rooms, was there anything else that you thought in the last year that was noteworthy to talk about in Minnesota or maybe nationally uh, in in craft beer? That's a great question. I feel like we haven't seen quite as many like acquisitions and mergers as we have in the past couple of years leading into this year. Um, I think we're seeing we're seeing a few breweries that are now distilling. Like I know that that's pretty notable in Minnesota. Um, Shells has opened. I mean, they have their sour kind of tap room, but now they also have Black Frost Distilling. It's oh, obviously yeah. a separate company, but same you know um, same relationship. Uh, what else nationally? I feel like it's I don't know. I think it's been. A little bit quieter of a year. There just hasn't been a lot of groundbreaking news. I feel like we're in a situation where people are kind of coasting and trying to kind of recalibrate what's going to come out of all of this. I mean, we're still seeing a ton of seltzers and 
I think nationally there have been some more THC brands too. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of NA products. I think yeah. it's been a really good year for non-alcoholic um, brewing, either bigger brands or smaller places trying to add to their portfolio. Um, I know here in Minneapolis, uh, basically a non-alcoholic. Um, liquor store has opened up for back, lack of a better term. Right. Um, it's called Marigold. That's I think they were a right. little. Okay. I think they were a little bit delayed in their opening because I swore they were supposed to open up a few months ago, but they're open now. They're at Nicolet and Thirty Fifth or Thirty Sixth. Okay. Fifth. Oh yeah. Um, I and dr- it's I drove all by it the, other day. the whole store is NA products. So some okay. of it, it varies. You know, some of some of the products I think do have cannabis. Some are more just on the seltzer side. Some are meant to replace alcoholic beverages like non-alcoholic wine, non-alcoholic beer, but it's interpreted pretty broadly. And so I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see more of that. Cool. That is interesting. So I know that I am working on an article right now about dry January. Yeah. Uh, the concept of that. Um, so maybe that's a good segue into dry January because um, I think we, each of us probably has some pretty, um, pretty uh, distinct opinions on it and thoughts about it. Um, So if you don't know what dry January is, I feel like it's a fairly new thing in the last Mm. five years. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe not. I, or maybe I'm just more conscious of it because I've seen more of my friends doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's basically like taking the month of January off from partaking in alcohol. Right. and I, I asked, I threw it out on my Facebook, just like, anybody doing dry January yeah. wouldn't mind answering some questions? And a lot of people um, said, sure, ask away. So I asked a lot of questions about like, okay, so um, have you done dry January before? Is this your first time? What kind of motivated you to do it? What are you hoping to gain from dry right. January? Right. Like what, um, and then kind of like, how do you navigate that if you are, somebody who often goes out, you know, what are are you going to, um, what are you going to drink when you're out with people? It's just going to be like, um, you know, some people said, I'll probably just have like soda water and and lemon. Um, some people said, well, they're excited to Rick Spaulding said he was excited to try a lot of NA beers and he was going to kind of try to get around and, and, and sample a lot of different ones. Totally. Um, and that's becoming easier and easier to do. Yeah. So I think it's, it's interesting. And, um, you know, the, the flip side of the coin, you know, when you think about the industry perspective, um, I also talked to Matt Kennevin, yeah. the owner of Dabbler Depot. Yep. They have a ton of options. They do have a ton of options, but he had, um, he was kind enough to share his perspective yes. about it. And it's very, I mean, he said, selfishly, I'm a liquor store owner. Yes. I'm not a huge fan of dry January. Yes. I don't think he's not, he, that doesn't mean he's not a fan of, of people's wellness. Right. Or moderation. Right. The, what, what I asked him, like, what would you like to see instead of dry January? And he said, well, just like, you know, maybe just like a little bit, like abstain a couple days a week. Sure. Um, from, from drinking throughout the year. Right. But, you know, as I've learned through talking to different people in the brewery, restaurant, service industry mm-hmm. as a whole, um, January is a very slow month it in is. the service industry. January and February are pretty it slow is. for probably a lot of reasons. A, a lot of people cited, you know, maybe they overdid it. In December. Right. There's, there's a lot of, I mean, with, with the holidays. And overdid it can mean a lot of things. It could right. mean overdid it on the money side. It can mean overdid it on just sp- the way you spend your time. Right. And you just want to recalibrate that. But I agree. I think there's a lot of, it's not, to me, dry January feels a little bit different than like a New Year's resolution per se. It's more of like feel like there's a lot of people who do it every year. Yeah. Um, I know some people who do like sober October or like try to do it at a different time of year. Yeah. Personally, I'm going to try to do it at a different time of year. So that's the way that I want to kind of split the difference of what kind of is saying and what other people have expressed is I want to do a dry month. And I just think that I, I would rather do it in a month. That's not January. Right. For that reason. Yeah, I think it makes sense because especially coming off the pandemic where, I mean, so many so many places struggled to survive. And this came up on our uh, Secret Santa chat That's last true. night, you know, where like now, you know, the, the loans that 
people got to try to like tread water are yes. gone, but the demand it's hard. isn't quite there. It's so, hard. you know, you think about your favorite places to go to get a drink, um, your favorite places to go to grab a meal. Right. Um, how do you still support them and still have that balance of health? Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I know in the last several months I've tried to not drink as much mm-hmm. because I have some personal health goals that right. I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Um, and it, it, and, and it makes like, you know, sometimes there's like, Oh, you know, I really like to go out. Yeah. So it's like, um, and that's maybe, so maybe one of the things, if you do go out to a brewery, try the NA beer yeah. and the NA beer is not, we're not talking like the O'Doul's no, from the nineties. No, not at all. Um, it's getting better and better. And there's different types. There's a lot of different types. If you're curious about NA beer, I mean, talk to your brewer friends, talk to your industry friends. There's a lot of options out there, whether it's at a brewery or at a liquor store. Um, some of them taste like beer. This, this, I run into this sometimes when I do, you know, my husband runs a, uh, a cooking, a restaurant company. I guess I don't know how to explain a that very well. Company. A cooking company. He makes the food. Yes. He's a chef. And we do private events in people's homes. We're Shout called out to Houndstooth. That's our brand. Yes. And we do a lot of private events in people's homes. And, you know, every once in a while, someone will say, oh, we have, you know, one guest out of the dozen or whatever that doesn't drink. And so I have to think to myself, and it's awkward. Like, these are people I don't know. And so it's like... Do you mean that they don't drink, like, I shouldn't give them something that tastes like beer? Like, do they, are they avoiding alcohol um, for health reasons, for another reason? So it's always a little bit of a, it's a bit of a balancing act of, like, do you, are you, are you wanting to avoid alcohol and just, like, drink something totally different? Or are you just wanting to take that alcohol of what you already know that you like? And I think you're, it's important to have a goal with Dry January, I think. Yeah. Is it just to see Is it to see how you feel at the end? Is it to just, you know, give your liver a break? Is it to save money? Is it There, there could be a number of reasons. And is I it because your friends are doing it? Those are all valid reasons to do it. But at, oh, yeah. when February 1st rolls around, it's like, okay, so what, what did you learn? What do, you, do you want to go in the, the 11 other months of the year, do them differently? Or are you just back to your, you know... Well, and, and, and there's no wrong answer. You know, one person, a coworker of mine, did dry January last year, and then made we, up for lost time in February. In, in one sitting, uh, in uh, <laughs> Friday night at Unmapped, I mean, you're like, like okay, oh, it's not January maybe anymore. You should <laughs> slow down a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so I think there's that, and, and I think you're right. Everybody should have a goal, but I. I've several people mentioned that like, yes, financially, I want to save a little money. Um, Several people said, I want to jumpstart a health goal. So that, that seemed like a logical way to do it. Um, And other people were just like, I noticed like I drank a lot. Yes. Not necessarily in volume, but in uh, quantity of days. Or frequency. Yep. Frequency. yeah. Yeah. I think we all, there was a lot of public awareness of, drinking during the height of the pandemic. And by height of the pandemic, I mean like the isolation days of the pandemic. I think we were all, you know, we were all wondering like, should I really be having a beer at lunch? You know, like we were all, I mean, everyone's different. Everyone's um, practices and routines about alcohol are different. But I think the good thing about that is at least it came to the forefront and we were trying to be a little bit more aware of how much we were consuming. Yeah. And I think it's, it's probably really hard you know, if you work in the industry, it's, there's, there's a lot of temptation. The hours are crazy and a lot of people do it and it's part of the culture. And I, I, I wonder how much thought is put in if you own a restaurant or a brewery or a distillery or a winery to like support your employees and your family that, that struggles with that balance. And like, what, what are the, what are like the, the safety nets to ensure that that there Agree. isn't a, a yeah. slipping into a into like something that could that could be bad. Right. And I, um, Jerry wrote. I was uh, just thinking about that. that article for Good Beer Hunting. Was it a, was that a Sightlines? Yes, yes, I think so. Yep. I know he contributed um, and wrote. And he a, wrote about like about what eight or ten of the people, folks, several yep. of which were local. Yeah, and it was really. I mean the. The stories were really interesting to read, and some of them were pretty gut wrenching. Uh-huh. But just like a lot of the the 
just like the pressures and the, and the stress right. of the industry and just and how it and some of the some of the cases how it really does can sneak up on you. That's and right. So maybe in, in the in that the dry January is a good kind of a filter or yeah. a litmus test to see. All right, where where am I at with yeah. my relationship with alcohol? Because I think and 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 I don't. There is a weird thing where like you know depending on who your friends are. Like, if you go someplace and you don't have a beer, some of them are going to be like, why aren't you drinking? Oh, yeah. As you a know? woman, I think about that all the time. And, um, you know, it's like, well, that's none of your business. Like, <laughs> well, let me just... <laughs> You're like, I like you. Do what? you want me to give you a real reason or yeah, should it matter? And it's like, I, I feel like when somebody asks that question, you're immediately put kind of on the defensive. Whereas, yeah. like... Maybe sobriety could be, the context could be turned a little bit. Yeah. And maybe instead of, like, asking why you're drinking, asking, are you okay? Is, sure. You know, like, like um, or just leave it alone. I, I right. don't know. I, I just think, like... It feels a little bit zero to 60 sometimes. Yeah. And I guess I, I am not an expert in addiction. I'm not an expert in abstaining from alcohol. Uh, my question always is, like, when I see people that I know completely turning away from alcohol. I'm very supportive if that's right. what, if, if you feel like that's what you need to do and, um, that's a whole other conversation, but I'm completely in support of that. Yeah. I just feel like there's not a lot of middle ground and I don't right. know how to have that conversation and I don't want it to seem like, I don't want it to seem like I don't like believe in alcoholism or I don't support my friends who aren't drinking. I completely do. And yeah. I think that we're seeing that a lot in this this surge of non-alcoholic beverages that are really well made and really enjoyable and really on par with a cocktail. Yeah. But what about folks who aren't like looking to completely um, give up alcohol for the rest of their lives, but want to make really good decisions? Yeah. You know, as much as they can, and learn about what what alcohol means for their body and doing things like Dry January. It, it just feels like it can be really all or nothing. And I know that when it comes to not drinking that's important it's yep. important for people who aren't drinking to be all or nothing right but those of us in between who want to make better decisions there's just not a lot of um good resources or yeah. conversations out there As, and i think dry january is an exception to that we hear yeah. about it a lot this time of year and that's that's where it ends well and it's something that is, is really has a lot of like a lot of people are into it and it is a it is viewed as a positive yeah and i just wonder why we can't transfer that attitude about dry january to the rest of the year if that's what you if you right. want to take a break um and i think if you want to take a break but you still want to be involved with like going out thank goodness there is a lot of yeah. choice now right. and the quality is yeah. great. You you referenced ABV technology earlier. Yes. Um, I reached out to Ashley Hoff, um, and she gave me a lot of really interesting numbers and some information yep. about all the different breweries that are doing yep. some wonderful things with them. And and I've I've been to several several of the places. Um, Lupulin has a non-alcoholic version of their Tropical Fun Pants, oh, which is like yeah. a fruited yeah. sour. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. Uh, as a kind of a joke, last um, last January, uh, December January, they they were doing this thing. It was like a competition at the Roseville Old Chicago. Where, oh yeah, you could um, could you like win a draft line? Yeah, yeah. And so I I was with Mahad and yeah. my Wednesday group. <laughs> I love and Mahad. The, so we did it, and then the, they were in the finals. And I get there, and it's like people from Dual Citizen. And then I look over, and it's like everybody from Lupulin. Yeah. They're like, Dan, you're here to get... Right. Like, it's gonna... like when you go, when you have to choose the side of the aisle that it you sit on. It was so yeah. awful. And the hilarious thing, maybe not hilarious, I don't know. It's a little dicey, but like um, Dual Citizen won by like three beers. And that was exactly the number of beers wow. that I consumed. I'm not saying it's my oh fault. Oh, my gosh. But we w I drove up to Lupulin... On like the thirtieth yeah. of December, yeah. with like uh, Charles and Liz from the Dabbler Depot, yeah. 
And every beer they served me was an N.A. Tropical Fun Pants as, nice. like, my penance for that. And they're like, oh, hey, it's you. <laughs> and you're like, traitor. I'll just be the designated driver. Yeah, it was really funny. That's and I'm really like, funny. Well, well, and it was, like, it was great because they were non-alcoholic I beers. Know. So there I are was some like, very good ones out there. So they had I like that. Arbiter has a really good N.A. Yeah. You know, when, when Bauhaus had one of the first from ABV Technology, I'm fairly certain. That was certain. the Hellas, right? Or the, what did they it call was it? Their, it was their Pilsner. Okay. Yeah, it was either their Hellas or their Pilsner, I think. Yeah. And when it started out, it was very good. And then I think it was rocky for a while, and now it's become really good again. And I think the quality overall is just on the rise. And there's no reason that you should feel like you can't participate in having fun and right. going out and seeing people yeah. if you don't want to drink alcohol. I would say, you know, tell your friends. be Have people hold you accountable. Go out, Try to do those things, but just remove the alcohol. Now is a better time than any. And I don't mean now as in January. I mean now in the in the place where we are in the industry, there's yeah. so many options available that you you shouldn't feel like you can't participate in your you know lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. If you remove the alcohol. Yeah, I think it's interesting, and I think um, Tom Berg, one of the owners of Falling, Falling Knife, Knife, he said that like you know breweries need to do a better job of really advertising that they have agree NA options completely because agree. you know then that just makes it more. I mean, the industry wants to be more inclusive on many fronts, and this is one area where it's pretty easy. Just right. like just get the word out more that you right. have either an N.A. beer on tap or you've got N.A. beers in the cooler that right. people can buy. You just make it part of your offering. It doesn't have to be like this weird side thing you're doing. If you're going to make an N.A. beer, make it really good and, yeah. and advertise it just like you do any other beer. It's like there's a lot of reasons why people don't drink, whether it's intermittently, whether it's all the time. And it's it shouldn't be like this weird underground thing. Yeah. Or like if you do drink, like, you know, yeah. there, there have been numerous times where oh, I've yeah. been out at a place and I've had like... Totally Totally. Three beers totally. over the span of a long evening. Yes. And I'm like, well, I can't have any more beer, but I still want to have something. I do oh, that all the time. Oh, they've got an NA one. All I'll just time. have that. So yep. that, that allows you to continue To your be with your friends and enjoy yourself. And be social mm-hmm. in a responsible way. So I really think that's kind of an important thing. Well, that's a wrap on the first part of our 2022 recap show at a one pint stand. Remember, there will be a second part that will drop next week. I hope you found the conversation between Paige and I interesting. Paige has such great passion for her craft, and I hope that you felt that that came through in our conversation. Now, remember to follow a one pint stand on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay current on all the episodes of the podcast, as well as my new beer blog that can be found at a one pintstand.com. I cannot wait to share with you all the exciting content I have planned for 2023. I want to thank Paige for joining me, and I hope that you will tune in for our next episode as we turn the focus to breweries and some interesting conversation and scuttlebutt around happenings in the Minnesota craft beer scene, including, but not limited to, the openings that are happening on the horizon in 2023. We're going to delve into what's happening at Dangerous Man and more. So, this has been another episode of A One Pint Stand, a Minnesota craft beer podcast where the pants stay on, but the caps come off. Cheers. Jim at the bar saw that I was waiting for a host to be seated and said, do you want to hear a joke? And I said, yeah. And he said... Do you, know about, do you know about the Norwegian Navy? And I said, no. And he said, the Norwegian Navy added barcodes to their ships so that when they came home, you could scan the Navy in. <laughs> and I laughed and I laughed. And then Dan must have heard me laugh because then he showed me where his table was. Yes, that's right. I jumped out and <laughs> might have pulled a muscle.